Hello there, and thanks so much for supporting the Music Career Show. My aim with this podcast is to help as many people as I can turn their passion for music into a career that can support them and their family by speaking to people who have actually done it and finding out how they've done it. With this in mind, I have developed my music career roadmap. This is a fully comprehensive and detailed step-by-step guide of how you can go from dreaming about your ideal career to actually implementing and living that dream. It is yours to download for free and can be found in the description of this episode. If you would like any support at any stage of your music career, you can reach out to me via email at barry at oneladmusic.com. I wish you all the best of luck and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Music Career Show. Welcome to the Music Career Show, telling you the stories of the world's best professional musicians. Hello there and welcome to the Music Career Show. My name is Barry and every week I'll be speaking with incredible musicians from all over the world about how they've honed their craft and made a career out of doing what they love the most. If you're a new listener, then while you still have your device in your hand, please take a second to subscribe and tell your friends all about the Music Career Show. Hello and welcome back to the Music Career Show. So today's guest is an award-winning independent singer-songwriter and also the founder of Music Marketing Method. She helps overwhelmed independent musicians find their superfans and monetize their music so that they can grow an audience and make more money with their passion. Uh, I have a feeling that this interview is going to be less of uh, like an interview and more uh, along the lines of a masterclass. But I'm absolutely buzzing about that. And I hope uh, I hope everyone gets some really good value out of this. So this is Linz Crichton. Good morning, Linz. How in the hell are you? Good morning, Barry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I am super excited to chat to you all. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm absolutely delighted that you've uh, you've 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 come on. Um, so to, to just to give a very quick backstory of as to how myself and Lynn's got connected is Lynn shared some of my stuff on Twitter, and I'm amazed she found any of my stuff on Twitter because I think I've got about seven followers, and four of which are like my father-in-law and his brother and and their wives. Like so, it, yeah, I'm amazed that this has ever uh, this this is this has come to fruition. But I'm delighted that it has. Um, so Linz, before we, we, we get into everything, why don't, uh, if people aren't familiar with you just yet, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do and what you're all about? Of course I can. So hello everybody. My name is Linz Crichton. Um, I am a proudly independent singer, songwriter, producer, and now coach for other independent musicians. Um, I absolutely love what I do. I love talking to other independent musicians about what they're going through. Um, I, I kind of, I used to be quite fearful of my backstory because I didn't go to Brit school. I definitely didn't have anybody in my family that was into music. Um, I, I didn't have any contacts. I didn't know anybody in the, in the industry. And for me, when I started out, well, I used to be a secondary school teacher. I used to teach languages, would you oh. believe it? Um, and oh, wow. so... I didn't want to be a teacher or I, I did for a while and then it just got a bit much. Um, and uh, I always knew, like you guys who are into music, you know, if you are musicians, it's in your DNA. You can't, you can't just leave it. It's always going to be there. And so I thought, do you know what? I, I was leaving my job. I was starting a family and I thought, what do I actually want to do with my life? I want to be a musician. I want to write music for a day job. And I had no idea how um, I was going to do that. So that kind of started me off on the quest for just finding, I mean, I, the amount of rabbit holes I feel like I've been down on the internet um, to yeah. answer this question is crazy. But like, that's that's kind of what I did. I just went on this quest to find answers um, and yeah, that's what how I've got to this point now. And here you are, excellent. But that that that, that it's it's so funny um, that when when I started this before I started this podcast, I really didn't know what to expect. I thought I was going to get all like mental stories of like all sex, drugs, and rock and roll, basically, with everyone that I spoke to. But literally, everyone that I speak to, and more and more people that I speak to, their experiences are so are so unique to them, but they're so relatable to each other. You say about the Brit school, the person who's yeah. today. So today is Friday, the 3rd of February. And the episode that was released today, she went to the Brit school. You spoke about um, uh, having music in your DNA and it's always going to be there. It, it, it's something that you have to do. The episode from two or three weeks ago, 
spoke about the exact same thing. It's amazing how um, how people that are, are are so successful and that are are really out there doing this. We all have we all share a very very kind of common thread um, in in all that. I I don't really know where I'm going with this point. I just thought it was a a, a nice thing to 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 bring up, and I think it's just really interesting to think about. So you were you you were saying there that you you used to be quite fearful of your your backstory. Why why is that? I'm I'm exactly the same. By the way, I've I've I had no real musical influence. Uh, I suppose in 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 my house, I literally just I, I I a couple of my mates played guitar and I wanted to play guitar and then they're not playing guitar anymore and I still am. And that was literally this is just it. So I I, I think we've got quite a similar um backstory. But like where where did your backstory begin? What's the story? Um, so like many other musicians, I was, I was always quite musical myself as a kid and really got sort of, um, I don't know, I just, I just found it just the feeling of being at home when you're playing around with music and writing lyrics. And I always used to start writing, writing stories and stuff as a kid as well. Um, and then I think I, I remembered as a, as a kind of like a teenager before going to university, I would go gigging and in, in a, like a band and the feeling of like earning money as a teenager, not having to go and work in a corner shop for the for whole of Saturday, yeah. but actually like doing this as a kind of like my Saturday job was like so cool. Um, yeah. And then I went to university and thinking, right, this is where I'm really going to like find some like-minded people and we're going to, you were going to like go off the stratosphere. Like, you know, like you were saying before about being this rock star. Um mm. And I, I remember the first week, it was like freshers week at university. And I walked into this room and it was like music club or band club. I don't even know what it was. Uh, and, I, and there I was. And I was probably like the only girl in the room as well. There weren't there weren't that many of us. And I, I can play guitar and I do singing and whatever. And I remember this guy kind of looking at me going, oh, well, I guess you'll have to be the singer because you can't play an instrument type of attitude. And I was like, What? I could riff you out of town, my friend. You don't know me. Um, but but that was kind of like the first real experience I'd had of um, that kind of attitude, which I know, you know, it's, it's 2023 right now, right? Like that shouldn't exist anymore, yeah. but it kind of still does nope. um, mm-hmm. in ver- in lots and lots of um, different scenarios. But, but from that point, I kind of stopped doing music because I kept coming up against gatekeepers or attitudes or whatever and I just thought you know what I'm not I don't have time for this I'm not going to do it so I kind of put it on the back burner and then literally like I don't know 15 years later it was when I actually was asked to pick up my guitar again Uh, a couple of friends of mine were getting married and they were like Linz we remember you used to play music and we used to really like it and we'd love for you to play at our wedding in 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 place of a reading during the ceremony and by that point, I'd had my career in teaching. I'd had kids. They were literally like one and two years old. And I was like, A, I would love to. Like, this feeling is really exciting me. But B, oh, my God, I've got to get my guitar back out. I've got to learn. I've got to practice. I've got to learn some songs. So I did. Yeah. But when I got my guitar back out and I started playing, I was like, this is what's been missing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it just it went from there. And I got the bug back and I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. Brilliant. That's excellent. So what so it was guitar your first instrument or what was the story there? No. So the, the very, very first instrument was violin. Um I was quite lucky at school. They uh did um lessons where there was like the a teacher would come into school and teach. Um I did violin. I tried my hand at piano. I just I was really just curious about um instruments. I think I joined a choir as well. I tried I tried everything that I could possibly try just because it was just interesting to me. Um yeah. but I realized after not too long that I absolutely hated violin. Um I remember my teacher used to kind of like shout at me what the the way that you're supposed to hold your hand and your wrist right back and she was like just just imagine Lindsay that the violin is on fire. You can't, you can't put your hand closer. And I was like, I'm not vibing with you at all. Like, this is not no. what I was envisaging from learning. Um, so I quickly, well, actually, no, I think one of my parents bought me my first guitar because my, I think it was my dad. And he was like, I remember when I was at school, I saw this guy performing on stage with his guitar and I thought it was amazing. So I figured you might want to try this out. And then I think from there, it kind of just like, yeah, I was like, yes, this is my jam. <laughs> Love it. And was that, was that, uh, did you do formal lessons or are you self-taught like me? 
Um, I did do lessons. Um, I loved my lessons. It was like my little kind of half an hour, hour a week for me where I could just play. I could practice. I could just, you know, kind of, yeah, mess about with music. And it was just joyous. It was a classical guitar. Um, and so obviously you're learning scales and you're learning theory. And I knew that they were the building blocks and the foundation of learning about music. But yeah, of course I wanted to do like ACDC riffs and stuff instead. Yeah. Um, so I knew after a while I'd be learning, you know, covers to start with. And then I realized, oh, I can make this music myself and I can put words together. And, and yeah, so that was joyous as well. Brilliant. I love that. I love that. Uh, yeah, I had a point there and it's completely gone out of my head because I was just reminiscing of of uh, of of of, of learning myself uh, and all that. Literally, when you said ACDC, that's how I that's how I taught myself how to play guitar it was literally just by putting on ACDC CDs. And just because I knew yeah. they were going to be the same four chords and just a different like just a different pattern. I was like, oh, this is great. I can, I can play 20 songs that are all just AC and, 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 and D. It's great. Um, Mega, but yeah, I, I yeah, you know, I, I got, I, music today is almost like um, uh, spoiled because you've got like a, a website like Ultimate Guitar, and you can go on and you can have it on your smartphone, you can have it on your on your laptop, you can have it on whatever, and you can learn any song you want in the world. I mean, how cool is that? You've got people literally showing you for free as well, like how you and and I remember back in the day, like this is probably just going to show how old I am now, but. I would literally have printout copies of like tabs just like covering my bedroom floor, yep. just thinking of the next song I'm going to learn. Yeah, I was exactly the same. I had two folders. Um, I, I so I, I when I started learning, YouTube was just available, but it was like still on dial-up. So if I re, I, I had to really, really um want to learn a song, and I had to just go and put it on. Let let the video like the five three or four four minute video of the song load up, and while I was doing yeah. that, I'd go and search for the tabs. I'd print them out, go and file them away in my little file. About ten minutes later, I'd come back. The video I'd finally loaded up, and I'd be like, right, okay, put my guitar there in front of the computer. Realized that it was like I was like fourteen, and I'd be like, this would be like I don't know, Tornado of Souls by Megadeth, something mental hard that I was never in a million years going to learn after only playing guitar for a year. Realized that I was like, oh, that's a bad plan. Right. Start the whole process over again. So if I wanted to find a song, it took me about 20 minutes to a half an hour to actually get in the process of it. And um, yeah, so I, I was exactly the same. Had loads of folders of um, of songs and stuff. Um, yeah. So don't worry. Um, you're not you're not you're not showing your age too much. Um, and I think an awful lot of people would have would have done the same thing. And it's funny you should speak about Ultimate Guitar. I literally did a live stream yesterday about how simple it is. Someone had asked me a question, so I'd done a live stream on it in my um music career mastermind group and speaking about how to how to build up their uh, repertoire as a, as a musician and get like a full three hours worth of a set um and stuff. And I says, You don't even need to learn the songs anymore. Just get Ultimate Guitar on your phone and put it on your mic stand. Do you know what I mean? I've yeah. I, I I use the example of Summer '69. I've been listening to Summer '69 for I'm 30 now, so at least 30 years. Do you know what I mean? I've been listening to that song. My dad knows Brian Adams. I've seen Brian Adams live, and I don't know the words to that song at all. So I've listened to that song for 30 years. Do not know the words, and the chords in the in the chorus always confuse me. I always get them mixed up, and my bandmate can't understand this. So I literally have to have that on on on, on the iPad in front of me every single gig I do, but. It's oh, it's it's amazing. it's amazing that that technology is there. Do you know what I mean? It makes it it makes life so much easier nowadays uh, compared to what we had to what we had to put up with back in the dark ages. I know it's pretty cool actually at gigs as well. Like if you do if you're in the middle of a gig and you always get people coming up to you going, "Can you play?" and you're like, oh, you just whip your phone out, put it on the stand, bring the thing up. Yeah, I can play it. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, happy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So um, you must have decided at some point to. Um, to go all in you obviously you went on and you done uh you, you done teaching and you were a secondary school teacher but there there had to have obviously come a point where you were like nah it's it's time it's time to, to to properly do this right so what happened there um i think the there's a couple of things that happened at the same time so the first one was i was really starting to i'd done teaching for about 10 just over 10 years 
Um, and there's bits of teaching that I love. I adore the penny drop moment when somebody just gets it after you've taught them something. It's incredible. Um, but there were certain yeah. bits of teaching that I thought I'm, I'm done here. At the same time, I was starting a family. Um, and so I knew that I, I wanted to be there for my kids. And I thought if I'm still going to be a teacher, I know that this is going to be challenging for our family mm -hmm. because it's a struggle, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. you know, everybody's so busy and I thought, no, a non-negotiable for me is I want to be there for my kids. So I um, finished working as a teacher and I was there for my kids for a while. But as much as I loved that as well, there was an element of I want something for myself as well. I want to use my brain. I want to be creative. I want to do these things. Um, and so in a way, the, the transition from teaching into being a musician was one that was kind of gradual. Um, I did, you know, I, I said that my friends of mine asked me to to um, play at their wedding and that and that's kind of where the kind of initial spark came from to kind of remind mm. me of oh I love this I remember this I, I want to do this and then it was at a point I mean this is probably if I'm guessing now like 2013 14 something like that maybe even later um and I thought to myself how am I gonna make this work and I remember seeing online around that time there was a lady who I think she was Canadian um she was teaching people on how to be uh, musicians and she was kind of teaching people about Facebook ads and stuff but she was basically saying um you know look if I can do this you can do this I've got five kids I homeschool my kids I don't go on tour but I've I've created this music business around what I do uh, and she went, oh, okay. and by the way, I'm a Celtic symphonic metal artist. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yes, if you can I do it, this has got to be possible. And so, yeah, um, that kind of started me on, uh, down the rabbit hole of figuring out marketing, figuring out um, all the things you've got to do. And the more I went down the rabbit hole, the more I realized God, there's so much to do. I've got to do a website. I've got to, I've got to learn how to record. I've got to learn how to, like, we all know this struggle, right? There's just so much to do. Yeah. So um, I invested in either courses or books or coaches or whatever. And each time I did it, it was amazing. But I, it felt like I had just one more piece of the puzzle that I was supposed to like yeah. be creating myself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how the tr transition came. Cool. And then, so, so you're saying 2013, so we'll say 10 years ago, for the, for the sake of argument, um, you, you started back into music and you started learning how to do all these different bits and bobs. When did the music marketing method um, come on the go and like take over everything? Um, ironically, 2020. So oh, up until 2020. I know, I know. Um, yeah. There's a really interesting story, though. Well, it is to me. <laughs> I hope your listeners think it's interesting. But so up until that point, I had been slowly adding what I think are skills and kind of understanding to my own knowledge as a songwriter, as a producer. I was learning that as well. Um, all the different things, all the things you need to do as a, as a musician. And one of the things that was eluding me for so long, and I do think this is partly because of the advancement of technology over the past few years. Like we've already always had it, but it's always been a bit clunky up until this point was that um, I couldn't figure out how to get a pristine live stream because we are musicians and audio is our product, right? So we need the mm, audio yeah. in particular to be sounding perfect. And I knew that by this point, I'd, I'd started to grow an audience online, which was amazing, but I wanted to actually yeah. show up and serve them and, and give them a good concert. Um, and I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And then I found a piece of software, which is OBS, and I connected all the dots and I thought, oh my gosh, I've cracked the code, I've got it. And so I thought, I don't want other people to struggle like I have, because I know that for some people who are not massively techie-minded, um, which I'm not, I don't, I, don't, I don't consider myself to be particularly techie-minded, um, and I thought, I, I want to make a YouTube video to help people to just follow step-by-step. Step. And I, I was kind of getting yeah. back into my teacher mind here. And so I made yeah. a video and I was like, right, if you want to go live on your phone, this is how you do it. If you want to go live on your desktop, this is how you do it. But if you want to go live and you want to get that absolute mega pristine audio, this is how you do it. And on my little tiny YouTube channel, it went absolutely gangbusters. Admittedly, I did post it in March 2020. I mean, come on. Like in um, fairness, so you couldn't have planned that. Yeah. They just wanted to go online and, and find out how to do it, right? So, um, mm -hmm. but the, the interesting bit from that point it is... Um, I was getting so many comments on the video. I mean, it's still up on YouTube. You can go and have a look at it. But um, 
people were asking me other questions at that point. So they were saying, hang on a minute. So you've worked out live stream. How have you got that audience on Twitter? And then how are you, how are you a full-time musician? Like, what are you doing and how are you doing this? And I was starting to reply and I was answering all the questions, but then I realized so many of these questions I'm repeating myself or the questions are repeating. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I, you know, I've done this once with a video of how to live stream. Yeah. So let me talk to these musicians which I've now talked to over 500 musicians on Zoom calls and Skype calls and asked them, like, what is it? Where are you struggling? What are you frustrated with? Um, and yeah. like you were saying before, even though all of every single conversation is so different and so personal and so unique and everybody's got their own their own stuff to juggle and their own journey that they're on, which sounds like cliche, but it's true. But yeah. there's so many things that are... Um, like the threads between all the conversations, similar things crop up all the time. And so I thought, right, if I know that everybody is struggling to find fans online or wondering how do I grow a fan base online that's actually engaged and not just send them to Spotify to a passive listener who might enjoy your music, but you're never going to hear from them again. And it's not going to make any difference to your bottom line. How do yeah. you turn a fan base into a fan and then into a super fan who's actually going to get their wallet out and support you. Um, and, and how, how do I use YouTube to grow an audience? How, how do I start a Patreon? How do I balance, you know, the, the work that I put in there and the work that's free online, like all these questions. And so I thought I can, I can answer them. So that's where the music marketing method came from. It came, it was born out of conversations from musicians who told me what they were struggling with and what they needed and I thought, I want to create a, a program for people that wasn't like what I did, where I, every course was like I was getting another piece of the puzzle to kind of build the picture yeah. myself. I wanted people to go from A, which is, I don't know how to do this. I'm overwhelmed. I don't get it. I can't see it. I, I just don't know how to do it to a place of, oh, so if I put this foot yeah. in front of this foot in front of this foot, this is how I can start building my business. And it's not an overnight thing. Like I'm not promising people in 90 days, you're going to have a hundred K in your bank. I don't think anybody should be <laughs> promising that yeah. kind of thing, but I do think giving people a roadmap and a system and something that they can really tangibly implement themselves and see the transformation. That's what people want. I think. I couldn't agree with you more. We we are we, we we've got very very similar um, business models and just a slightly different kind of wise. So you've you've sort of saw a gap in the market just through through organic. Whereas when I was growing up, um, it was uh, I was always told that music wasn't going to be a viable career and I'd need something to fall back on. And music was always the thing that I fell back on. It was a total opposite way around. And I just my 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 reason is that I I also want to give people a day one of right. I'd like to go and i'd like to go and gig or i'd like to go and teach music how do i do that because i had to learn all that myself and i had to, to to build all this this myself so i want to show people like you're saying instead of giving them one piece of the puzzle at a time and a, a homework list as long as your arm every time you get one one piece yeah. i literally day one this is do this and work your way through i've been through so many like funnels and been at the end of so many like sales funnels and been on sales calls with people that are like oh yeah i can i can get you your your tutoring business to a hundred thousand pounds a month fantastic that's great how much do you have to spend in marketing to get that hundred thousand pounds a month what do you do to manage hundred thousand pounds a month worth of um worth of clients do you go and hire people do you take it all on yourself how if you have to hire people how do you go about hiring people what should you look out for like how do you automate this or do you have to like is it, is it going to be such a big manual thing and you're you're 100 right nobody should be offering that um at least nobody should be offering it in the or if, if they are going to offer it, it should be a, a more holistic and practical approach as opposed to in the next 16 weeks, I will get you your 10 grand back that you've invested in me, um, plus another 90,000 pounds in your bank. And then away you go. Fly, 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 my pretty. You're free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah it's, 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 yeah, it's, 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 um, like I said, uh, it just just gives you a, a list of homework that and, and brings up more things that you didn't know that you needed to know that you didn't even know existed. And now you've got, oh, it's just a, an absolute disaster. So you, you, you mentioned there about um, about Twitter. So you were saying there that Twitter seems to be the best kept secret for musicians. What's the crack with that? Uh, 
I mean, the irony that you and I met on Twitter is not lost on me. Um, yeah. And the fact that you said earlier on, like, I've got like seven followers and some of them are my father-in-law. I just think it doesn't matter because um, yeah. the interconnectedness of people on Twitter means that um, you can very easily get connected with somebody that you would never have thought. Um, and in for me... If I go onto Instagram, if I go onto TikTok, which I don't very often because it's just, I mean, some, some platforms, some social media platforms I find like almost either echo chambers or hamster wheel. And if you're a musician, you know you have to create content around your music to, to, to get your, not just your name out there, but your face out there because people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So you've got to show your personality and you've got to do this and you've got... On some social media platforms, I find that the the content creation is a hamster wheel, and it's not really bringing you anything. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not getting you, you know, any more any more of a bigger fan base or an engaged fan base, which which is kind mm. of what you need if if you're going to build a solid foundation of a music business on on that. And so that's why I love Twitter because there's kind of three pockets of people on Twitter. Um, that you can connect with. Obviously, the first one, and, and and arguably, I think it's the most important one, is your own fan base. So you can start growing your own fan base on Twitter, and and literally in 24 hours, you can start growing your fan base. So you you've got to look at um, musicians who have already curated groups of people who like that genre of music. So if you are a piano guy and you have any kind of inkling that you sound similar to Elton John or Billy Joel or whatever, those guys already have huge audiences that you know are going to already like that type of music. And if you make similar music, yes, you're unique. Yes, every musician, you know, that's, that, that is your unique selling point, is you. But if it's a, you know, with a marketing hat on, you have to kind of think about it in that way. If you already know that there are pockets of people online that like that type of music, go and engage with them, go and start conversations with them, go and add to the threads and stuff on Twitter. And I guarantee you, you will get some followbacks, you will get people engaging with you. Um, and I know that there's this kind of um, sort of viewpoint at the moment, especially with the changes that's been happening at Twitter, that it's kind of like, oh, it's a political cesspit. No, no, it, mm -hmm. you know, there's no good that can come from Twitter. And I go, no. Do you know what? My experience of Twitter has been nothing but wonderful. It's been the best musical education I've ever had. I've learned about fandom. I've learned about really uh, sort of super fans who are so engaged in not, not just me even, but, but the, the artists that they love and they tell me why. That gives me amazing intel. Um, and so that's the first pocket of people is the actual fans, um, you know, uh, engaging with those guys. Um, the second pocket yeah. of people is, of course, Twitter is a huge platform for um, influencers of all kinds. And when I say influencers, how many musicians do you know who want to get onto radio stations or into magazines or whatever? All of those people are on Twitter. It's a micro blogging yeah. site, technically, isn't it? So all those people are on Twitter. And if yeah. you can go and connect with those people and before you pitch yourself to them, go and like some of their threads, go and engage with them, go and retweet some of them, go and share them, put yourself on their radar, um, you, yourself included. Like, look at how this um, yeah. podcast episode has come out because I saw you put a video on, on Twitter and I was like, oh, I like what he's saying. I like this. I'll retweet it. I like it. I'll go and say hi. And there you were next minute in my DMs going, hey, how, do you want to come on the podcast? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I want to come on the podcast. This happens yeah. all the time on Twitter. It's so amazing and so powerful. And I just don't think that happens in the same way on other platforms. I have to, I have to say, I, I, I think you're, you're dead right because I've, I've, I've heard this, this advice before. It's like, oh, go on, go on, engage. And it's, it's like, it's one of those things where you get um, like lead. So for anyone that doesn't know what a lead magnet is, it's, um, it's, it's, it's basically how, how, how it, it, you, you offer some value to someone so that they can see what it is that you do. And, and, and like you're saying, Lens, to, to then eventually monetize it, hopefully. So, Oftentimes, I see lead magnets of uh, content scheduled for the next 365 days. And that's, that's a, it's, it's a very, very valuable thing. And an awful lot of them are engaged with someone else in your same niche on Instagram. And I'm just kind of like, what does that mean? Does that mean be like, hello? I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're Barry over in um, Kenya. I'm Barry here in, in, in Aberdeen. How are you getting on? Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's that thing. And it, it just doesn't seem like a natural thing. Whereas the way that you're describing it, it's like, 
it, it, this is like you said, this is actual like uh, an individual case study on this in that I have very, very few followers, very few followers of any um, sort of monetizable meaning. Sorry, Andy, yeah. my father-in-law, <laughs> one of seven followers. But you know what I mean? And um, you engaged, you 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 kind of you, you liked me stuff. You, you, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is class. Someone's actually watching it on Twitter. And and and, and here we are. So that's that to me is is an absolute golden nugget of information. And anyone listening, just do that. Just just literally don't even think about it. Just go and do exactly what Linz has just said because it like clearly works. And and I think yeah, a lot of musicians are really worried about this engagement thing. They're thinking, well, how do I engage and, and what do I do? And I think there's two things here. Number one, be authentic. So don't just keep like click like 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 click 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 click. That doesn't really do anything for anybody. Um no. you you need to um, add to the conversation, start um, sort of um, start conversations. The easiest way to do this is to, um, I, mean, I love sliding in people's DMs and I know some people kind of get sweaty palm just thinking about that idea of like, oh God, are you kidding me? But this is the best yeah. thing, like one-on-one, slide into the DMs and just ask the question, hey, my name's Linz, my name's Barry, my name's whatever, I do this. What kind of music are you into? Because you know that person's into music. Like, who who in the planet is that? I, I've, of all the DMs I've ever sent, I've probably had maybe five replies in ever, ever, like in the last 10 years going, I don't really listen to music. At which point, I just move on to the next one. Like, hey, exactly. yeah. yeah. If you want but, to be a weirdo on music, that's music. your own prerogative. <laughs> yeah. But kind of not going at this from a point of, I need the sale, or I want somebody to listen to my music, or I need somebody to come on my email list. Just chill out a bit. Just open a conversation and ask them what kind of music they like. And you'll you'll get a response. You're more likely to get a response in the first place. But then you can kind of open that. Oh, I listen to those too. And oh, what track of theirs do you like? And and slowly but surely, you are guiding people down the garden path to get to your music. Because at some point, you're going to go, oh, well, if you like their music, you might like mine. Do you want me to send you a link? Or, oh, if you like that person and you like my music, why don't you hop onto my email list where I'm going to give you X, Y, and Z, and then that's it, you're in. There you go. That's that's some really, really good, tangible, real-life advice that you can use. You can go, like you say, in 24 hours, you can literally go and do this, like, right now as you're listening. Just, like, right swipe now. up on, on Spotify, just go onto Twitter and, and, and keep listening, but then just go and do that. There you go. There's a call to action, if ever there was one, for everybody. Um, so when people start growing their audience then, first of all, that, that that that's kind of one way that you can grow it but like are there other ways that you can that you, that you can grow it that aren't like hugely like 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 you're saying the hamster wheel of uh just repurposing content because that's that I, I i know exactly what what you're meaning by that and it's like when i when i repurposed um the the content from these podcasts i really am just doing it as like a tick box exercise um and it doesn't really serve anything for my own peace of mind i'm like I've done a good job today. I've stuck yeah, something no, on yeah. Instagram and someone might see that. Um, so like what, 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 what are better uses of, of people's time rather than just being a part of the big hamster wheel? Um, look, everybody wants the shortcut. Everybody wants to go, oh, if I, what, what can I do that is going to get me another hundred followers by tomorrow or another thousand? And I kind of go, you're looking at it the wrong way because um, you don't want more followers for vanity metrics for, for starters. You want more followers because you want more people to engage with about what it is that you're doing and also to serve mm. that audience. So just flip that as well. How, like every single time you post something, how, how is this benefiting someone else's life? How am I serving that person? If you're not, don't post it. Um, but I think the other thing is um, kind of coming back to what I said before, um, uh, engaging authentically. Uh, uh, when you're first starting out, you need to slowly build that foundation. And the foundation is building a, a group of people who you engage with and talk to and they talk back to you. It doesn't always happen with everybody that you try and start a conversation with, and that's cool. But at that point, it is a numbers game. And so um, engaging with people one-on-one -on -one and trying to find out what it is that they want to see from you or you know, even asking questions like that, like my account's about this. Is that something that interests you? What would what else would you like to see? Certainly, if you have people who are posting on any of your posts or your stories, if you're on Instagram, um, and and obviously on Twitter and any social media platform, absolutely, definitely engage back with them. It's really, really important to for you to. 
because we are in a people business. Mm-hmm. It's really important for people to know that on it, on the internet nowadays, and I feel it, I certainly feel it in 2023, weirdly, but like more than ever before, When as soon as I open that social media platform, I am bombarded with messages, call to actions, do this, do that. And so when yeah. somebody actually reaches out to me one-to-one and cuts through that noise, yes, I'm far likely to respond to them because they've actually taken time out of their day to send me something and see me. So yeah. I think this is the same with your music business. I know that you want to go viral and I know that you want to post something and then the next day you're going to log in and it's got 100,000 views on. That is less and less likely, I think, nowadays. Um, but what is more likely is that if you do make these genuine one-on-one connections with people, you can slowly start to build the foundations of your business, the foundations of your fan base. And these people will remember. They will remember that you reached out to them. They will remember that you sent them that song when they were having a rubbish day or whatever it is. And they will want to support you into the future. They'll, they'll, they'll remember that kindness and that um, thought. Brilliant. That's uh, yeah, that's really refreshing to hear. So, so that's that 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 that's some absolutely fantastic tips there for 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 growing and 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 nurturing your fan base. You mentioned there about live streaming. Um, so you just sort of happened upon uh like the perfect time in history to start uh your your live streaming um career journey, whatever you want to call it. How so? How, how what would be some of your tips there for live streaming for musicians? Oh, wow. Okay. So quite a few. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Live streaming is an amazing thing to do for musicians. First of all, it's easy uh-huh. content. Second of all, yep. you're just showing up in the zone of genius. Do not be frightened by this. Just go for it. I, I just recommend it so heartedly. Nowadays, there are even, uh, I mean, if you if you're starting off, Yes, social media is a great place to start because if you're already building a fan base there or if you've already got some followers, then it's much better to go live in a place where people can actually watch you. Don't underestimate, by the way, if you ever go live and nobody's watching, do not underestimate how many replays that people will see the replays. Um, And also, even if there's only one person or a handful of people on a live stream, give them the best live stream they have ever seen it comes back to this point of serving your audience this isn't about you this is about them so the reason people love watching live streams is partly yes they want to see musicians they want to listen to the music um but the other part of the reason why they love live streams is a it can go wrong and since the pandemic that's okay everybody is Mm -hmm. like we we're all clued into this so don't panic second of all they want to interact in real time so you don't have to just go from one song to the next, to the next, to the next, because that's kind of like your comfort blanket. Stop between songs, ask engaging questions. And often engaging questions can be either yes, no questions where people can very easily respond and they don't really have to think about it. Um, or kind of open-ended questions that are also easy. So say, for example, I'm on a live stream. I just played Creep by Radiohead on a ukulele, which is like my super jam mashup type, like fusion thing. Um, nobody expects it. Or ACDC on the ukulele is amazing as well. I love doing that as well. People are going, Savage. what have we just done? Yes. Um, um, but then afterwards going, what song um, kind of makes you get up and dance? If you've just played Highway to Hell on ukulele and people are like, oh my gosh, like jamming out to that. And a great open-ended question after that would be, what kind of song gets you up dancing? Because this is a song for me that every time I hear it, I can't help it. I'm up out of my seat. Or you could you know, link it to whatever your branding is or your why. So for some people, you know, and and this is another important thing. It's an aside to the live streaming, but knowing why you make music and Mm -hmm. any kind of other, I call them content buckets or or, um, branding that you can tap into is really important. So for example, if you are a musician who um, is really passionate about promoting positive mental health, for example, what songs are you choosing or what songs are you playing? They might be your own originals, for example, but they might be covers. But it, have you just played a song that you could talk about that afterwards? Can you share a little bit of your story on a live stream? Like all these things are important for building and nurturing that relationship 
with people. And then yes, of course, in your live stream, you can either have a PayPal link, which is what many people have done in, in previous years. And you might get some tips that way, but don't always think of the live stream as um, the kind of immediate monetization strategy. Um, because what I found, I, I did a live stream every single week in 2020. I, I promised my Crichton plan you online that I would do it every single week. And you did as well. Yep, every week. So the best thing that I found, I don't know about you, um, I found that um, it was a bit like the, I, I, I used to go live at two o'clock on Tuesday and it was called Two for Tuesday. I mean, I know, uh, it's a great name. Brilliant. But um, it was almost like the Oprah Winfrey fact, factor where, you know, back in the day before we had like digital TV and you could like on-demand TV, that, that that show was going at a particular time on a particular day and people were waiting for it. They were, they were hanging out on my YouTube channel ready for me to go live. Like they, they wanted to see mm -hmm. it. Um, and also, so, so there were those people waiting, which is great. Those are kind of your super fans. But then I always used to get kind of drive-bys as well as I called it, where people would stumble across the live stream, come in and go, oh, this is great. So if you can consistently show up, on things like live streams, you're you're developing that know, like, and trust factor, which are the things that are going to make people buy down the line. And of course, yeah. in your live stream, you can talk about your offer. So you can say, if you enjoyed this live stream, I'll be here next, next week, come again. If you want to have an exclusive digital bundle popped into your email, sign up on the link below. This is my email list. Or sometimes as well, um, I would put links into my Patreon, for example. And so sometimes people, even on drive-bys, would come along and go, oh, I really like this guy. She, uh, she knows what she's talking about. She's coming next week. She's got an email list. She's, you know, all the foundational stuff is set up. It's ready. It's ready to go. Your job then is to just build a relationship with people because that's when they're going to come that one step further into your community or your paid offers or whatever. Um, so that's what I would say about the nurturing of the relationship on live streams. Cause you were saying, you know, what tips have you got for live streams? The other thing I would say is yeah. even if you are, you know, you just have a phone and that's all you've got in terms of equipment to go live streaming with, that's okay. Start with what you've got and keep it simple. So try and sit in front of a window as opposed to having to buy light rings um, just make sure that where, wherever you're sitting, like the acoustics of whatever room you're in, just try and make it sound as decent as possible, but just get started and show up for your audience. Because if you are a musician, music is what you do. This is what you are supposed mm -hmm. to be doing with your life. So go and show up for your audience. Well, I feel like I'm telling people off now. I'm not. I'm just I'm just very excited and on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish I had all this advice um, at the start of the pandemic. What happened with, with, with that was that when we started doing live stream, so when I say we, myself and my bandmate, now obviously we weren't in the same room. I didn't see him in actual real life for months, but we we, we, we play in an Irish pub here in, in Aberdeen called Malone's. I play there now every second Friday. I'm playing there tonight, actually, in fact. Um, no point in putting a plug in because this isn't going to go out for another week or two. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but we used to go live off the Malone's Facebook page. So I used to do Friday night. Callum used to do Saturday night. And originally it was like, because obviously as as musicians, we that was, that's how we, we make our living. We get paid for doing gigs and that just went completely, that was completely, utterly wiped out. So 75% of our earnings was just gone overnight. So originally it was kind of like, right, let's try a, a live stream and let's try and uh, we'll just stick our PayPal up and just see how we get on. And the first month, six weeks, fantastic. There was nights where we were, we were pulling in twice what we would normally get for getting paid to do a gig just in tips alone. We were like, this is unbelievable. And then inevitably people started getting sick to death of just, it, we, people used to look forward to it. But people were still getting yeah. very, very sick of the same thing every single week. Like you go for your hour of a walk and, then, and that's it. And you can go to the shop once and you have to stay as far away from everybody as possible. And all this and people just started getting and, and the numbers started dwindling. And then the money we were making started dwindling. And it was very, very, it was nearly soul destroying. You were literally, you were showing up for what you felt like was nothing because that was your job. That was what you had to do. And eventually it was just, we were just like, Ugh, I'd rather just not, I'd rather not bother turning my living room around every, every Friday night. I'd rather just like watch a film or something like that. So we just started not bothering. 
Um, and it's 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 like you're saying, it's because we were looking at it completely wrong. We were looking at it so we, we were looking at it as a way to, to keep ourselves going and, and to be able to make money. And that's what it was for us. Like we enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. But that was the the, the, the kind of the crux of it because we had some of us had no other income. And yeah. if we'd only thought about it in, 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 in that sort of a way, and plus where I lived, my internet is chronic. Now, it literally only in the past couple of weeks that we've gotten fiber internet. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, a, it was a struggle tech, technically wise, technical wise, it was, it was a proper, proper struggle. But if only we'd had that, that advice and that input early on, uh, it would have been an awful lot different, I think. Oh, yeah, I do understand, um, certainly in the pandemic, and the first few weeks, it was great in terms of the money mm. side of things. And then I think people did get a little bit of, you know, Zoom fatigue or online fatigue or, you know, like you were saying. Um, yeah. But it's kind of, um, yeah, just remember that it. I think I think post-pandemic live streaming is still very, very viable. Um, but it's a, it's a kind of... Think about it in a different viewpoint. So it is about serving your audience and showing up and keeping you top of mind. Um, the more people hear you playing, the more um, likely they are. If 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 you've got a good product uh, and if you can play well, um, you know people will tune in and they will come back. Um, but also, I think this is another point to make: is that independent musicians in the new music industry need to have a variety of revenue streams. So if you find that you're relying on one stream of revenue, like live gigs at the moment, for example, which is absolutely fine, that's brilliant. Um, but you can, you know, just in case, hopefully we don't have another pandemic and we're not going to be in lockdowns again, but, um, you know, yeah. just in case, because I, I found that, yeah, I had the same thing. Like in the pandemic, I had weeks and months and months of, of gigs that I've built up and that's relationships as well actually um kind of mm -hmm. building up relationships with venue owners and stuff that's that's another issue but so so all this hard work over years that i'd done to build up relationships that i almost didn't even have to book any gigs they were just coming in and it was really good they all disappeared overnight like they did for all musicians mm -hmm. but because i'd also been building my business online as well i could i could switch flip the switch and and change to oh okay well more people can come to my patreon or i'm going to crowdfund uh, an album or I'm going to write custom songs I mean like there's just so many other things that you can be doing nowadays to monetize your music um that yeah try try to diversify your revenue stream I, I I think that is the most worthwhile advice that you can give to a musician nowadays because yeah like like, like you say there's so there's so many opportunities there's just so many opportunities and if, if you have the like the transferable skills to make use of this opportunity why wouldn't you Absolutely, why wouldn't you? Hopefully that we won't be um, heading for another pandemic. I, I, I don't know if you've been watching The Last of Us, have you? Who's in it? Have I watched it? Uh, Pedro Pascal. It's on my watch list, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's for it's 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 bringing up my my PTSD from the pandemic because it's all about another pandemic where mushrooms grow out your head. It's mental, um, and um, yeah, it's 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 terrifying. So hopefully. We won't be down. We're heading down that route, and if we head down that route, live streaming is going to be the last, of, <laughs> the least of our worries. But hopefully, we won't. But yeah, it, it is always good to diversify. You could end up breaking your arm and won't be able to gig for six weeks. Do you know what I mean? In which case, your in your income could be completely knackered. Whereas, like like you're saying, if you have good foundations, if you have a Patreon, if you've got something physical to sell, like a CD, if you've got mm. X, Y, and Z, it's really, really good as a security blanket. Um, self-employed people. Anybody out there that's self-employed uh, will 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 know that the biggest thing that keeps you awake at night and the biggest point of anxiety um, for self-employed people is job security because we are relying on customers paying invoices or paying for our services in order so that we can go and pay for other services. So it's um, yeah, really really good solid advice. So I often get people coming for music lessons and to say, oh. Uh, I wish wish I started when I was I was I was twelve and oh sure I'm fifty now and sure I don't even know where to start sure I'm too old for this, and I, I I from what I know that that's one of your 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 things that you would advise completely against or not even advise against that's the wrong way of putting that I know this is one of your things that you really buzz off helping people, so what 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 would you say to someone uh with that sort of mindset? Oh my gosh, 
you can do it 110%. Just go for it. It's, it's, yeah, I think that's old music industry mindset. And I had it. I had it. So when I started the music, I, I think I said at the top of the conversation, like I was a little bit um, fearful of showing the fact that I was kind of 35 plus when I started in music. Um, I got two yeah. small kids and there I am thinking, yeah, I'll just start a music business. Sure. And I, I had kind of like these deep seated things like, well, I'm not a, you know, teeny bopper, bikini clad, gyrating girl on a video. Like I'm, I'm a mom. <laughs> You're not appropriate. <laughs> or maybe it is. <laughs> of platforms like TikTok and whatever people think about it. I don't, I don't use the platform very much. I go on and have a look sometimes and I think, good on you. There's people on there in their teens, in their 70s. And they are showing up as their authentic selves. And that is what people are loving. There are no, you can do this, you can't do this anymore in life. I just, I just don't believe there is. You show up authentically as your, as your true self and, and, and show and showcase your passion. And people will latch onto that. They, have, they couldn't care less how old you are. So yes, I'm very passionate about um, spreading that message of, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. It's just, it's totally up to you. Age is just not relevant anymore. I love it. And then, so how would you go about then working this around? Like, obviously you, you say you've got kids. I've, I've got a, a nine month old daughter. Um, an awful lot of people that, that, that come to me wanting to learn later in life. Uh, they've, they've got kids and they just think that they don't have time to make this work around kids. How, how, how would you go about tackling that? Um, Look, I'm not going to lie. It was a juggle. The juggle struggle was real. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, look, there, there were moments where I would kind of chastise myself. And I know that there's quite a few people in my program that do this as well. They're like, oh, I'm so-and-so years old. Or, oh, I've got a family and I'm not going as fast as I would like. And I'm not. And I go, do you know what? You're going at the speed you're supposed to go at. There, there's no, there's no like race here. You go at, Yes. Your speed, your time, you set this. And as long as there is some forward motion and you're putting one foot in front of the other and you're ma making time for it where possible, you're good. You're golden. It's okay. Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. No, no. I've got a really so, nice yeah. story this week that I, that I think on that point that your your listeners might be interested in. And there's a, there's a young lady. She's in her 20s. Um, early 20s I think and she's in my program and this she's she's been in my program maybe for about 18 months or so and when she joined um she got some great music I was like yeah we can really do something with this this is going to be great um and what I didn't realize at the time was that she had quite a lot of anxiety for various things anxiety about overwhelm anxiety about posting things on social media, anxiety about showing up, anxiety about, you know, I can't, I can't possibly gig. I can't possibly do live streams. And so actually it's taken us all this time to unpick a lot of what is going on. And each week I kind of put it back together again and go, right, for this week, the one thing, this is, this is often a good tip as well. If you feel like you're overwhelmed or you think you're too old or you think you've got too much, just pick one thing to focus on. And only when you've achieved that one thing, go yeah. on to the next thing. Like, just take one thing. So stop doing too much at once. But also, over time, we are, as creative people, I believe, sometimes our own worst enemy. We are the first to criticize what we're doing, how we're doing it. We're not earning enough money. We're not big mm -hmm. enough. We're not famous enough. We're not whatever, right? And that's not helpful to anybody. Um, so when I was working with this young lady and she was every week, she'd be like, oh, I, I can't do a live stream. Um, I don't know how to set it up. Okay, let's deal with that. Then the next week, I can't do a live stream. I haven't got enough songs. Okay, well, let's sort that out. I can't get a gig. I've never got, I don't know how to get one. Okay, let's work a pitch. Let's, let's do that. So each week, there was one thing that we were sorting out. This week, she came on the Zoom and it was like verbal diarrhea. It was the most wonderful thing because basically she had got onto a gig in her local area that was a ticketed gig it was in the biggest venue in her local area. She'd been told before that she she couldn't, right. I mean, she didn't even have a response to um, pitching to, to this venue before. And she's going to be playing her own original music. And there's people clambering to get tickets to come because there's a few bands on and she is one of them. And she was so excited and whatever. And I said, mate, remember this moment 
the next time you start uh. being self-critical and saying that it's not going fast enough and saying that you can't do something and just look back over those last 18 months at all the teeny tiny steps that you have made to get to where you are now, that is progress. That is messy, imperfect action at its absolute best. And that's how you succeed in this music business, I reckon. That's that's wonderful. Congratulations to to her if she if she's listening. That that's absolutely excellent. So well, well done, her. I know what it's like. I I yeah. I, I, as an adult, as a reasonably well established musician, where I was where I was from in Ireland when I moved over here to Aberdeen, I had to start all over again. And it was it yeah. was such a triumph to get a a Sunday night gig. I'll never forget. It was the sixteenth of November, two thousand and fourteen. Sunday night gig in Malone's, my very very first gig in Malone's. And that then I was just lucky enough that everything sort of aligned um, that I was I was I, I was able to get a gig there most weekends. But that was that that was huge. That was such a, such a huge gig. And in fact, that was probably the biggest gig that I've ever done, purely because of it's given me nearly nine years worth of a job. And it's actually the longest job I've ever 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 had, apart from gigging in in, in other places. So. I know what it's like and it's hard and it's terrifying and it does take all those little kind of micro steps, that 1% every day. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's a lovely little story. So, Linz, before we, we finish up and head into a quick fire round, what is it that you're working on now? I know you've got your music uh, marketing method.com and, and your courses and, and, and programs and stuff in there. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this program, it's an online program and it is for independent musicians who feel overwhelmed, um, they don't know how to do it, uh, they want to build a music business but they're just not sure what to do. So um, I help people to find their fans online, grow and nurture that audience and ultimately monetize their music. Um, so there, it, there's, it comes in three parts. There's the online program itself, which has got seven modules, all with different things. So I teach people how to start growing their audience on Twitter as a starting base, because as you know, I know how that platform works um, and I yeah. love it. And I think it's brilliant for musicians. Um, I teach people how to set up their socials, uh, sort out their email list, um, talk about live streaming, monetization, YouTube and SEO and all that kind of stuff to, to build your um, audience up there. And also... Um, the final module is all about Patreon or having a subscription model in your business as well and how to set all of that stuff up. So that's the first bit of the online program. There's also the second bit is the Facebook group where all the students are kind of collabing and chatting um, and I'm in there as well. And then the third bit of the online program is where we have a fortnightly Q&A on Zoom. So um, even if you get stuck at any point in the program, you've always got somewhere to come and ask those questions to get yourself unstuck. Um, so if anybody is interested in finding out more about that, you can also um, head over to musicmarketingmethod.com. Um, I'm giving away some free guides at the moment to help people um, just kind of kickstart them into that process. Um, but there's also a masterclass, a free masterclass that I'm offering at the moment called Monetize Your Music, which showcases my three-step framework so grow nurture monetize how do you start creating that for your music business so if anybody wants any more information they can go and have a look at that i think that might be in your show notes maybe afterwards the link to that yep 100 percent. i'll have make sure that everything is in the the show notes all those things will be in the um the description of the the podcast or the description if you're watching this on youtube it'll be in the description and all that jazz I've learned so much in the past hour just talking to you. That's that's absolutely uh, amazing. Your your course sounds fantastic. I wish I had a course anywhere near as good as that to offer, but that that sounds amazing. Oh, bless you. Well, I'll, I'll have to send you a link after. Do, please do. Right, I'll tell you what, let's head into a quick fire round and we'll finish up then. So this is just some silly questions just for, just for the crack and uh, just to get you thinking a little bit. So question number one, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Flying. 100%. Flying? Yes. I just want to soar above this beautiful green earth and just, you know, go and have some time out. You know, when you're just a bit overwhelmed with with stuff on the ground, I just want to whoosh, just yeah. zoom off. It'd be amazing. Oh, oh that's lovely. That is lovely. <laughs> um, cool. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? I suppose it'd be handier if you went now, now, now that you can fly, but like, where would you go? 
It would be super handy if I could fly. Um, my favorite place yeah. in the world that I've visited so far anyway is New Zealand. So I would love at Ooh. some point to go back to New Zealand because I just find it. It's a beautiful country. The people are lovely. The geography is incredible. The stuff to do there is just so fun. The outdoorsy life, the food, everything. I love it. So that's where I'd go. Great stuff. I'd love to go to New Zealand as well because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan and I'd love to go yeah, and see yeah. uh, like Hobbit and all that kind of crack. That'd be amazing. Oh, um, yeah. New Zealand. You literally couldn't pick somewhere further away in the world, like, but fair play to you. You can fly, so you can do what you want. Do you know what I mean? You can literally head over there and then be back for tea. So it's all good. It's, yeah. It's all good. Okay. And in a, in a similar sort of, of, uh, of, of thing, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Would it be something kiwi like? Um, um, I mean, this is a tricky one because I know there's things that I should eat, but there's things I really want to eat. So the things I really want to ah. eat is chocolate. But I'm a real <laughs> sucker for that. I can't believe I'm going to admit this. Chicken Wiener Schnitzel. Um, I used to live in Germany and I basically right. lived on Wiener Schnitzel, which is basically like breaded chicken, like a scallop type things. But when All they right. got a bit of... It's like KFC, but but the healthier version. I'll <laughs> have to, no, I, I I think I once saw that in New York, so I'm gonna have to have a a, a look out for that Wiener Schnitzel. It just sounds yeah. like it's it's so much fun to say. So uh, yeah, yeah I, I I'm on board with that. I'm I'm really on board with that. Um, if you could meet any historical figure, who would it be? So oh. it can be dead or alive. Historical figure, someone has done something important. OMG, oh my, this this requires a bit of thought. I, I wasn't sure, I didn't know this was going to be sprung on me. Let me have a think. <laughs> Neither did I, to be honest. I just searched for um, quick fire questions and that came up. So I just copy and pasted a load of them into them. And I just saw that. Oh, yeah. That's a great question. I think question. that's a great question. Yeah, no, it is. I'm trying to think of anybody musical that I'd want to meet because um, I'm sure there would be so many. Um Aye. Randomly, the, the person that's popping in my head is Winston Churchill, but I think that's because he was such a grumpy blogger, and I'd love to ask him, like, uh, what, 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 where was the joy in your life? Like, did you find any joy? Aye. I would love to know. Aye. What's your problem? <laughs> yeah, Winston. Aye. I, yeah, I, 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 that, that's a good one, because I'd love, I'd, I'd love to have a conversation with him about the fact that he was played in The Crown by the same lad that done Lord Farquaad for Shrek. He's got to be getting reckon- about that. I, I reckon that would take him down a peg or two. Who would take anyone down a peg or two, in fairness? Um, okay, Winston Churchill. We'll go with that one. And um, let's, do, let's do two more. What is the most interesting book you've ever read? This could be audio book either because it is, it is, we are living in the future. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I love reading books. I've read so many books over my life, but I have a terrible memory and I can't remember a lot of them. So I'll tell you about two. One of them is, which is probably so left field and not what people are expecting, but I bought a book once called How to Read a Church. And I found it the most fascinating book because it basically deconstructed architecture of church buildings. I find church buildings really, um, really interesting um, you know, just kind of like the, the history that's gone on in them. I'm not religious at all, but yeah. I just, that's just such a complete random one. Um, and at the moment I'm reading a series. It's actually written by a friend of mine, but um, it's called Midlife, Midlife Druid, Druid Air. Um, uh, okay. And it's, it's, it's the genre that I never thought I needed. So it's like paranormal chick lit for over 40s. <laughs> And I'm literally, that is I'm obsessed neat. right now. Okay, that's that. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating. Brilliant. Okay, that's brilliant. One, one more before I let you go. So, if you could only listen to one music artist or band for the rest of your life, who would it be? Um, I am a huge fan of Katie Tunstall. Everything that girl does, oh, I love. I love her vibe. I love her sassiness. Um, it's a girl with a guitar and a looper pedal. I mean, what is not to love? I saw her live last year. She was supporting uh, the Stereophonics in actually, literally the concert venue. I can walk to it from my house for about five minutes. It's about five oh. minutes away. Um, she's fantastic. She's absolutely brilliant. I love her. I, I, I first found her. She'd done a cover of I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. And that is the cover that I do to this day. It's brilliant. It's absolutely. Yeah. She's, she's, she's amazing. She's fantastic. 
She is so lovely. Um, I've seen her a couple of times live. She always gets the crowd going. She knows her audience so well. I mean, I find it fascinating yes. from the viewpoint that I come at this, like from the whole marketing side of things and and what kind of what she stands for and stuff. And when she was on stage, it was really funny. I did go with my husband. And at one point she was about to go to sing like a big black horse and a cherry tree or something. And she was kind of like, we all know this is the one you came for. And thank you very much to all those who've been dragged along. And I was like, you are amazing. Brilliant. Fair play to her. I love that. I absolutely love that. All right, Linz, on that uh, on that note, really quickly, where can people find you online if they're wanting to go and look for you? All the links will be in the in the description, of course, but from the horse's mouth, you know yourself. Perfect. So if you would like to listen to my music, you can go to lindscroyton.com. If you would like to know more about the Music Marketing Method program, just head over to musicmarketingmethod.com. Fantastic, Linz. Thanks a million for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun and I hope everybody's had some cool info out here and it's the music career show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends about the music career show.